Hello and welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie and we're two drunken 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode we will be reading chapter 16 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So grab a glass or a shot and listen along on this drunken reminiscent journey. editing hannah just doing an early voice note here to say that for the first 10 or so minutes of this episode um we do talk a lot about the recent sarah everard case in the uk um just because that was quite a big thing at the time we were recording but that means that the next 10 minutes um has trigger warnings for um street harassment sexual assault um sexual violence rape um and any topics surrounding those things. So therefore, if you would like to skip all those things, then please head over to around 14 and a half minutes and the episode will begin like normal. We talk about these things and then we get straight into the normal episode. So just skip forward to that. And if you feel that all those topics are not appropriate for you. Okay. Hi. Hi. How are you? yeah (laughs) exhausted exhausted yeah guys we didn't we weren't sure what to say at the beginning of this episode this will be coming out in around two weeks from when we're recording and those in the uk will kind of understand our exhaustion those in other places in the world we're not sure how aware you are of our news cycle but it's been a pretty tough week to be a woman it's always a pretty tough week to be a woman but yeah particularly this week And yeah, particularly in the UK and especially in London. For those that don't know, I think, was it about a week ago, a week and a half ago, a a woman called uh, Sarah Everard, is that correct? That is correct, yes. Went missing and there was kind of a lot put out on social media trying to find her. Um, A few days ago it was confirmed, well no, a few few days ago it, it was announced that they had found remains that they suspected to be hers and that they had arrested a member of the Met Police, uh, so the police in London. Like, I, I think a ex-police officer no, in suspicion serving, of... Serving police was officer. Was he serving? He was not only serving, he was part of the parliamentary guard, as in he stood outside Downing Street. That was his day job. Jesus Christ. So um, they arrested him on suspicion of her murder, And then yesterday it was confirmed that the remains that they found were hers. The past half a week, week has been women sharing their experiences online of the amount of sexual harassment and sexual assault and fear that we deal with and live with on a constant basis and obvious like i hate saying obviously because it shouldn't be obviously but you know just being met with hostility and suspicion and denial and men telling us that we're in the wrong and that sarah was in the wrong and that we shouldn't be walking alone at night and it wasn't even at night it was 9 p.m yeah and that we shouldn't basically be existing and that it's not all men and that women are violent too when that's that's just not the topic of conversation right now the topic of conversation is what happened to this poor woman yeah and the Um, fact that there is not a single woman in anyone's lives and every single woman you know and every single woman listening has experienced encounters of street harassment fear sexual harassment and worse and yeah and I think the thing is, is that when this kind of, I I don't want to say instant, that sounds lesser, but when this kind of thing hits the press, and I would, I would like to say as a side note that like, she was like a a white middle class, like cis woman, like, and I I do think that we have to acknowledge that the reason that this got the press that it did was because of her privilege. Like, I, I do want to say that that's not to make it lesser, but just to acknowledge that. But when this kind of thing gets this amount of press, like, it just, it brings, it it creates know. a narrative that is no longer about what has happened, but it becomes a wider political narrative about yeah. what women should be able to do, what men should be able to do. And, and the narrative gets so blown up and becomes so all-encompassing. And I think 
I think it it becomes quite not sensationalized because what happened happened and it's an awful thing but I think it becomes sensationalized in that people see it as this one big case where this woman got murdered and it was this big horrific thing and and it 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 detaches it from the everyday reality that this does happen every day it's not just this one woman that it it happens to all of us to to varying degrees and with varying consequences and and that this is something that as women all of us know and we we deal with and I think that this has really been the topic of conversation this week of women trying to say that this is not a standalone incident and that 97 percent of women deal with is it sexual assault is that how it's sexual harassment harassment before Um, the age of 24 yeah and that's just a horrific figure and i think that women have been trying to share their experiences to say that this is not just this one case that all of us deal with it and that this is a huge issue and all that these women are being met with is just victim blaming and just just denial and like I've been sexually harassed I've been sexually assaulted and and depending on how you want to define it I've been raped on multiple occasions like that's that's I have my own struggles with using that term um but technically like and this you know I I don't want to assume anything but I'm sure that Hannah can probably say the same and I'm sure that most of the women say listening to this can say the same and that this is not just like i've been followed home on so many occasions i've been screamed at whilst being followed home on so many occasions i've been in so many situations where i have felt in danger even like the last time that i saw hannah i then walked myself home because we're in a global pandemic and we met up for a walk in a park and i walked home and it was the middle of the day and it was broad daylight and i had to walk through in the end an industrial estate which i didn't mean to do but my city mapper the app that i use like my maps app just accidentally took me through an industrial estate and i felt so in danger and i was like texting hannah photos and saying where I was because genuinely there was no one around aside from loads of vans and anything could have happened and it's just like the things that you live with on a daily basis as a woman and it's just your experience constantly as a woman and then the fact that there were just men and even fellow women online trying to say that actually like that experience as a woman isn't valid and it's somehow your fault and that you should live in fear and that the the responsibility isn't on the men to stop being scary but on the woman to like stop being scared is just fucking atrocious yeah and like the reason why we're bringing this all up is because this week has really brought all of that to the forefront so this week I haven't been able to stop thinking about when I begun getting catcalled age 13 on my walk to school and that became a daily part of my commute I haven't been able to stop thinking about the street harassment I have faced living in London and walking home or the relationship I was in where I was extremely badly gaslit and where that then as you were saying I different definitions of what sexual assault is and where that gaslighting became that and it's the the news this week has really brought all that to the forefront that is all we've been thinking about this week so we're bringing this up at the beginning just a to share our experiences and our solidarity because we should be able to share these experiences and we should be able to talk about them openly Um, But also to say, you know, we've said this before at different times, especially in the last year, that we run a funny comedy podcast. And sometimes it is incredibly hard to get in that funny headspace mood when you have had a week where it feels like you have just been shoved down so hard. And like, especially you guys know we live in London, we live very close to where all this happened And it's just incredibly close to home, both like (laughs) actual distance wise, but mentally. Yeah. What what we've lived through comes to the surface. It's our local area. It's literally where we. It's basically where we met up for our walk. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. Like like two weeks ago. Like it's. Yeah. yeah. But you, you always think that you're being paranoid when you have those fears and then things like this happen. And even happening in your local area, you're like, oh shit, no, yeah. it's valid. Yeah, everything um, I have felt and experienced is valid. And yeah, even us this week, just attempting in the smallest ways to start sharing our experiences, we have seen 
not all men people creep out the woodwork. So this mm. is just a, a preface to the next two episodes to tell you the mood we're in and also our feelings on all the subjects and also just to say if you know if any of you listening feel you need a space where you would like to share stories of what you have been through then you know we're always here to listen like they have happened to all women yeah so i mean hopefully we will see ourselves in this episode because i think that this podcast is like a great distraction and a great yeah. coping mechanism for me and Hannah and I think that Harry Potter helps us through in so many ways not only in the lessons that we learn from it but also in kind of using it as a comforting mechanism and you know it goes without saying that obviously that kind of gets shed in a different light with how JK Rowling is nowadays it's you know obviously we have to acknowledge that but you know it's still fundamentally like Harry Potter is like an important part of that and that kind of getting to break away and talk about these stupid ridiculous characters is something that is very like helpful and therapeutic to me and Hannah yeah. and, and I know that a lot of people can relate in like listening to it um so hopefully we will be ourselves but if we seem not ourselves that's why it's been like a very heavy week for us it it, it I I honestly like we were talking before we started recording about what to say and whether to say anything and it just feels like it's like every other episode that we have to start off being like the world's gone to shit or well not really gone to shit continue to be in <laughs> shit for like various different reasons it's just like i'm fed up of starting episodes like this yeah but also I, so- I i feel like this this thing in particular you know we talk about a lot of deep topics in the books but we as women don't often just stop and talk about our lived in experiences of the harassment we face on a daily basis and I think I want to make more of an effort going forward not to just like bring it randomly up in an episode but to make sure where relevant I am verbalizing those like everyday aggressions of what it is to be a woman because it it happens to all of us and it I don't know. It's just we talk about all these tough topics on the podcast and like big issues. And a lot of those issues we live through ourselves is what I'm trying to say. Mm. So, Uh, yeah. And a lot we don't, obviously, because of our privilege. But, you know, a lot of the ones um, in relation to being a woman like we do. And yeah, and it. Yeah, it's always like the weird line between like sharing and oversharing and what we feel comfortable sharing. But the end of the day like we're just too random women doing this so obviously we have our own experiences and me and hannah even ourselves have like a lot of like shared experiences because we are essentially the same person um but yeah, yeah. um and i think like anyway. i think i mean is that everything you had to say because i have one last thing that i want to say i i think that's, that's i think that's everything yeah yeah I just want to say, obviously, rest in peace, Sarah Everard. Yeah. Like, you didn't deserve this. You didn't deserve this. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think what I've seen trending the last few days is, like, we are all Sarah. And, yeah, yeah. I really feel that. So mm-hmm. I hope that she and her family can find some semblance of peace. Yeah. I now don't really know how to progress from this because it feels really weird to go from that that rant and that topic into let's do a shot. But as women often have to do, you just have to flick a switch of just denial and getting on with things and like, you know, um, suppressing your own emotions in order to appear and sound publicly presentable. So we're just going to repress some shit and do a shot. Are we doing the shot now or do you want to do the shout outs now? (laughs) Yeah, let's do the shout outs just to okay. give ourselves a bit of a <laughs> Oh god. This is I'm laughing through the pain. Um some of you also because of the trigger warning, some of you may have skipped to this point. So hi, hello, yeah. welcome. Hi. hi. We have some, and by some I mean many new patrons to welcome to the family. I'm I mean, thank you so so much so let's just whiz through these. So first of all, a vagina Viagra. stop saying i was gonna go for like vehemently large but fine viagra sized thank you to vin who has upgraded their pledge a magnificent thank you to menya i'm really sorry please correct us on the pronunciation 
A jolly good size thank you to Jonah. An enema size thank you to Emily. <laughs> a Alexis from Shit's Creek size thank you to our new producer level patron, Alexia. A racquetball size thank you to Rachel. A Medusa size thank you to our new producer level patron, Matt. A Latvian size thank you to Laura. A Kit Kat Chunky size thank you to Katia. A cat size thank you to Caitlin. A Mr. Bombastic size thank you to Becky. <laughs> a robot size thank you to Reb. A Simon from Bridgerton size thank you to Simon. A Giles from Buffy size thank you to Gila. And a Linguini size thank you to Lynn. They have all joined our Patreon where they get access to the Discord and also to bonus episodes, which we are currently putting up on schedule, which is every other week in between the normal releases. You can hear such greats as Neil reading My Immortal to us and vlogs about the day we record and also lots of other bonus content. So thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. Now, Charlie, you have put two reviews into this section. I have. We have so many sweet reviews lately, so I'm really sorry I put two in. First one is from Adis Aster from Norway, who says, Great podcast. I've been a patriot. <laughs> I love this because this is clearly autocorrect. Uh, so they mean Patreon for over a year. But when Hannah, Hannah pretend to be Charlie in the intro, something clicked. I can... <laughs> I now can tell you guys apart. You're not just one delusional person drinking and rambling about Harry Potter. I love this podcast. I, so I it just... took me pretending to be two of us to make you realise we're two people. <laughs> That's how bad your impression was. I think it was awful. The, the word and I'm Charlie was good. The rest of it was bad. But you've got to admit that first bit was good. Your and I'm Char was fine. It was from the lead that then you messed up. It was like halfway through the word. It just went to shit. And the next review is from Betsy, who has titled it, It's Not Going to Work. Work. Totally I've obsessed. read this review so many times because <laughs> I kind of like got it on like my email notifications. Yeah, and yeah. then like I've just like looked at the site a few times and seen it because okay. that it's not going to, to work. work. Every time I see it, I just literally hear Hermione. So thank you for that. Totally obsessed. How have I lived my life so long without this podcast? Also, Mr. Diggory, I love him so much. Tears every time, like sobbing ridiculous tears, even though I have seen that scene a million times. Hard agree, Betsy. I have I know I have so many more thoughts, but I can't remember. Must begin to take notes. Love you from the US. Thank you so much, Betsy. That's so sweet. Thank you, Betsy. And now on to the alcohol for this episode. So this is a producer-sponsored alcohol. This is from let me check my notes this is from alexia one of our new producer level patrons and she requested a drink inspired by a girl scout cookie now charlie have you ever tried girl scout cookies before no i haven't you've actually been have to you? the u.s no never specifically the thin mint. i didn't go to the u.s and just tracks down some underage girls for their cookies i don't know whether you can just so can you not buy them in shops you can only get them from the girl scouts themselves i don't know my only real like intelligence on this subject is from watching uh despicable me oh. so mine is from that friends know. episode where uh ross oh, breaks yeah. that girl's leg this is called a Dirty Girl Scout, which is a shot that tastes like a thin mint cookie. And this is a direct quote from Alexia. So you coat your mouth and throat with chocolate syrup and then chase it with a shot of peppermint schnapps. Now, I have a lot of questions about how one coats their throat with something. <laughs> well, Hannah, well, when mummy and daddy love each other very much. That's not how babies are made. I need you to know that that is not the right thing for the babies. <laughs> Babies are not what I'm trying to create. Oh. Ooh. I'm trying to create good times. Good, good times. Good times. Right. So we both have... Oh, by the way, guys. So Patreon alcohols have got a little bit complicated sometimes for us in lockdown because depending on what people pick, there's a certain cost limit we have, which we talk to people about. It's basically the amount it costs to be a producer level patron. 
But when we're together, that's fine because obviously we share drinks. But when we're apart, that gets a lot harder. So for this one, we couldn't both buy it because of the price. So one of the reasons we met up for the walk was so that I could decant half of this bottle of peppermint schnapps into an old tonic bottle for Charlie and walk it over to her in a park a mile and a half away from both our houses. Yeah, so this is the most dodgy thing. I just have this (laughs) random Tesco lemon and lime sparkling flavoured spring water bottle, but just filled with this dark green alcohol so somehow we put this in our mouths then hold it in our mouths i guess so okay like it won't come out <laughs> it won't come out <laughs> wait i'm laughing too much at you oh my god i need too much no i was like i did way too much oh oh it tastes like an after eight mm, wow that's like an after eight I mean, I guess that is what a thin mint is. It's literally a thin mint. Yeah, it's an after eight. We might do a few of these throughout the episode. I'm um, thinking four, if we do two chapters. Thank you, Alexia. Wait. We'll be doing a few of those because that was fun. But we do also have a gin just for the in-between bits. Right, on to the main episode, finally. <laughs> Chapter 16, In the Hog's Head. So anyway. two weeks pass. They're in Transfiguration and they're, they're vanishing kittens. That's... Where do the kittens go? I think we find out, don't we find out in book seven that vanish objects go nowhere that is to say everywhere? Just kittens everywhere. But like, does a kitten have to exist as in be vanished for you to conjure a kitten? But like, I I guess it's how you interpret a vanishing spell because a vanishing spell could be teleporting somewhere or could be making it invisible. So it's still there. You just can't see it. Or it could not be there. I mean, I'm going off what the Ravenclaw door said in book seven when they asked where do vanish objects go and everywhere that is to say nowhere. So they're just getting rid of kittens. But it's it's just weird because it's like if you asked me about a vanishing spell, I would say it would just make things invisible. Like, because surely anything else is a teleportation spell, even if you're like teleporting it like into a black hole or like into the void. But otherwise it's just an invisibility spell, which is a disillusionment charm. But, like, it's a vanishing spell. Like, what else is there? It's either a vanishing spell or, or a disillusionment spell, surely. It's, it's vanishing. I think the kittens Or are a teleportation spell. But my question is, is there, like... So, you know how, like, later in Newts, they learn to, like, conjure things? As in, like, I'm going to make a chair. I'm going to make a this. Does a chair have to have been vanished? Or does a kitten have to have been vanished for you to conjure it? Like Surely it's a not one chair situation. We never fully learn what Gamp's Gamp Gamp's law yeah, is. Yeah, we only know one of them. I want to know the other four. Yeah, because surely you cannot summon like a living thing. Like you can't just make a living thing unless it's vanished. Because if you're vanishing the kitten, can you summon it back? But what I don't get about the whole Gamp's law thing is that you can make more of something. So if you have food, you can summon more of it, which just doesn't make sense. It's not like summoning more. It's like timesing it. Or I almost see like the increasing as almost like replication DNA. Like like, or like it's exactly. So if you were to make more of something, let's say you had like a mushroom that was a bit like wobbly. If you made more of it, they'd all be a bit wobbly. My issue is with it is that something has to exist for it. But like, so I can see that like if a burger is in front of you, you could make that more yeah but then a burger still exists so could you not just like summon a burger just because a burger is probably within like five miles of you like what but is the like summoning. proximity that's that's no that's no. not what conjuring is that's summoning yeah but but like what is the limit because you can say that like oh okay gamp's law like you can't just like make food out of nothing but you can make food out of what there already is so like you could have a burger in front of you and make more of that same burger fine but what is like the geographic like of axio is that what you're asking no like out of like okay so like say like this bottle of that says lemon and lime sparkling water but is actually what is it from a month so say that I wanted, for some bizarre reason, more of this. This is right in front of me, right? So I can, you know, go blah, 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 and make more of it. Yes. And then have two of this bottle of creme de mop, whatever. Fine. 
but what if this was actually in my housemate's room? Could I still do the same? Because technically, under Gamp's law, I'm not just making something out of nothing. I'm making more out of the thing that is in my housemate's room. But what if actually this was in Tesco, which is half a mile from my house? Or what if actually it was in your house, which is how many miles? I, we're 5.6 miles apart. 5.6. I really wish we knew the other laws of Gamp. I really do, because I think this would answer all these questions that we have. I'm just distressed about them vanishing kittens, because, like, I want to keep the kittens. Same. Same. Like, honestly, what I wouldn't give, like, my mum and dad have, have, well, have two cats, and my sister has three cats, and they just always send me photos of them cuddling their cats, and then you send me photos cuddling Mizzou, and I just, like, the one, like, lockdown mood for me is just, like, if I could just have a cat to cuddle, that would solve everything yeah i i see that misu does solve most things so hermione broaches the topic of harry teaching at defense against the dark arts lessons again and during that time she mentioned something about crumb and ron gets all jealous of hermione being pen pals with crumb which is funny they agree to chat to people about the defense against dark arts lessons at the hogsmeade weekend which is coming up the book then says this line. So it's talking about like how busy they all are because Ron Hermione prefects Quidditch, la 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 la. And the book says that Hermione is ahead on her homework, even though she is taking more subjects than Ron and Harry. And this is something we pointed out in book three, that even though Hermione drops muggle studies and divination, she has one more subject than the rest of the boys. And we thought it was a plot hole. Now it's confirmed But we know that lessons take up every structured hour of the day for the boys. So when has Hermione got time for this one extra lesson, one extra class, which presumably is two extra lessons a week? Is it not not like ancient runes? It's either ancient runes or arithmancy. We know that they're normal class times because we know that she shares one of them with Ernie and that she shares another one with someone else. So like, when's she doing I thought that they do... I thought that they had three periods. No. They do not get free periods till book six because they make a big deal about it. They're like, oh my God, free periods. So the book is just like pointing out its own plot hole. (laughs) Unless for one of these subjects, she's taking it in her own time and just going to the teacher for tutoring. Maybe, but then it's like, is that worth the teacher's time just to teach one person? Like I tried to take German something or something German. Right. It was basically like they offered you could either take German or you could take, I cannot remember what they called it, but it was basically like German in the context of needing it for like business and career. So like rather Specific. than just learning, you know, what what pets do you have in German or can I order this in German? You would only learn, I guess, like kind of conversational German that you would need to kind of work with German people. Right. But like... I was one of two people in my year that wanted to take that because I was like, I knew that I was dyslexic. I wasn't going to be able to like get a grip on the entire language. So, but at the same time, it was that thing where it's like, oh, media studies won't get you into university, which is bullshit because it's like, unless you're applying to like Oxbridge, it doesn't matter. And also if you know that you're going to fail a language, it's better to have like a B-tech in something like media than it is to have a failed GCSE. It just annoys me. Because oh yeah, my like school French, I, French I scraped a C in and I could have got an A in astronomy if they had let me take in it instead of French, but they wouldn't let me. They said I had to take a modern foreign language. Yeah, which or, like, is just ridiculous. Subject, like, yeah, and, like, all, <laughs> yeah, like all of my friends like took German or French, which were the two languages that my school offered. And they did it literally, they they weren't good at it and they didn't enjoy it, but they took it because they were like, oh, but I don't want to take media because like, it's you know a dos subject and like unis will look down on it but all of the unis they were going to were like not uh, not great unis just like your run of the mill or even like some like shit look down on universities but like do you know what i mean and they 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 all took them and then they all failed those languages all of them Mm. partly because they just weren't naturally good at them which is fine and valid i'm fucking dyslexic i'm sure as fuck not naturally good at them and partly because our school was infamously bad at teaching languages but like i'm like okay so at the end of the day like you look down on me for taking media in the end because i couldn't take this weird business german but i got 
like a distinction B tech and you got a failed GCSE like <laughs> really but um yeah yeah so basically I tried to take this like business German or whatever that was not remotely what they called it but only two people wanted to take it so they said mm. no sorry you have no. to take either normal German or media because like there's not enough people to run the subject so surely they wouldn't just put on a subject just for Hermione I mean we know that Hermione loves Professor Vector so maybe Professor Vector would do that for her and they have a good enough relationship but it's just a plot hole but also it's the thing i've never understood and to be fair it's never confirmed or denied but why doesn't every muggle born student just sit the muggle studies exam without going to the fucking lessons like the people in my school who were italian born or chinese born they took the mandarin gcse and a level or the italian gcse and a level obviously without actually studying it because they're just gonna get an a star like of course anyway plot hole makes yeah. no sense for yeah. reasons what does professor vector teach again professor vector is arithmetic because it's funny because a vector is like a numbers thing yeah, yeah yeah that's what i was wondering because yeah vector is like i mean i look at vector purely in terms of graphics where it's like yeah uh, it's something that you can kind of make infinitely bigger because it's not like a drawing it's the kind of mathematical thing behind the drawing i'm explaining that really badly so yeah i I just wanted to know whether that was a pun or not and yes it It is is a pun hermione says they're meeting at the hogshead which is a quote-unquote dodgy pub just want to give a shout out to all dodgy pubs love me a dodgy pub Mm -hmm. they get there and the pub they say harry says specifically that the pub smells of goats and i just want to know if harry can actually smell the difference between goats and sheep like can you smell the difference between (laughs) these quite similar farmyard animals no i can't tell any difference between farmyard animals like i just smell manure and i'm like yeah yeah." like harry's like it has the distinctive smell of goats i'm like have you been just like sniffing goats in your spare time and because like we're from the countryside whereas like harry is from surrey <laughs> like and yeah, like and he lives before... in like, like a built-up village like he's not around goats a lot <laughs> yeah like before anyone says it i know i i i lived in surrey for like three years i i know that there are farmyard animals in surrey but what i'm saying is that like doesn't know that there's fucking sheep in fucking surrey i could throw a stone from my house that i grew up with in and hit a sheep hit a sheep um (laughs) harry could not yeah you know um and i i could not tell that i could not sniff out a sheep versus a goat no i just don't i mean it all ties into this long-standing joke that we haven't quite had confirmed yet about Aberforth and goats but Harry can smell goats also which is just like such a weird joke that JK was just like and then there was this one character that fucked a goat and you're like the first time it said you're like "Mm, very funny and then the second time she's like oh but he really did fucking go we'll get yeah like you you told this joke but like fine and then like the third time she's like but he fucked a goat and you're like yeah jk like you did say that like i feel like you're now like weirdly fixating on the fact that this guy apparently fucked a goat but like we've not really been given any evidence and she's like yeah but he fucked a goat now and it's just like your weird obsession over the fact that this guy apparently fucked a goat that you refuse to let go even though you have no like real actual like evidence or anything for it it's weird we'll get to it as it keeps coming up because this isn't even we don't even we don't even know who Aberforth is at this point this is just anyway (laughs) Hermione (laughs) love Hermione so much she asked Professor Flitwick whether they could go to the hogshead and I just need to know how this conversation started so we know that Professor Flitwick is like one of Hermione's favorite teachers like they they get on I think but like did she just go up to him after class and she was like so ever been to the hogshead can i go <laughs> like how did she begin this conversation and like why would she why would she start that conversation like but i do i love that I she always like, maybe she like ranked her teacher she was like i can't ask mcgonagall that would be weird don't want to ask vector don't want them to think down of me who do i like it was i can kind of phrase it as a joke flitwick yeah but like maybe ask Hagrid he seems quite like acquainted Hagrid's with not pups. here Hagrid's with oh, the giants she... <laughs> keep up is he yeah 
Oh yeah, no, he is. I've been like reading this for these ones and then I've been listening to the audiobook of the next book at the same time. You don't help yourself. So yeah, it's just blurring into one. Yeah, so to me like this, like I, I don't know if I'm giving myself too much credit, but it always seems like glaringly obvious to me that you would not want to be in an empty pub to discuss top secret things. Hermione is an idiot. Like... <laughs> The the annoying thing is, because I've read four chapters now, because this is the way we structure the episodes, but we're coming up to a chapter where it begins in a charm classroom and they say they normally discuss things in charms because charms is noisy, so they're unlikely to be overheard. And I'm like, Mm. so you had that logic and thought the three broomsticks might be suspicious when no one would be fucking listening to you because every other student is in there. Yeah. Yeah. And no one would question you going in there, whereas a bunch of students going to the hog's head looks fucking weird. Yeah. Like, Hermione is an idiot. Yeah, like, she she really is. So the barman looks vaguely familiar to Harry. That's just peppered in there. And then people start to come in for the meeting. Lavender walks in, but not Seamus, which means that Lavender from the beginning of term has clearly changed her mind about Harry because she was one of the ones at the beginning that didn't believe him. But Seamus hasn't, so that's kind of interesting. But it might it might not necessarily be that, like, Seamus hasn't. He might change his mind, but, like, Harry's been a dick to him. That's true. Like, I can totally get that, like, even if you change your mind, like, he's still been a knob to him, you know? Well, we know that Seamus doesn't change his mind until the article comes out, so... But, yeah, yeah like, but Harry's like- being a dick to him, so... Yeah, exactly. This is where Harry really starts to annoy me, <laughs> just because of his unobservedness. He says a Hufflepuff girl walks in whose name he doesn't know. Dude, you have shared Hubology with the Hufflepuffs <laughs> for five years and probably other classes that you don't mention. And there are only like, what, minimum 20, maximum 30 of you in that class. And you're like, I don't know yeah. who that girl is. What? Yes, you do. Don't be an idiot. So do we need an amendment to our rule about Harry where if he... Basically, if someone is attractive, they're good. If someone's ugly, they're evil. But if someone's bang average, they just do not exist in Invisible. Invisible. Because he also doesn't know. He's like, oh, those three might be Terry Boot, Michael Corner and Anthony Goldstein. I'm like, you also share lessons with those three? Yeah. He's just like, completely there aren't self-centered. There many of you in your year. I mean... I suppose there were some people in my year group in school who I didn't know, but they were in the other half of the year because we were a lot bigger than Harry's imagined year. Yeah. We had six houses and they were split in half. So I had my lessons with, I was in Stratton and I had my lessons with Ruding and Vernie. And I never had lessons with Barton, Denton and the other one. So those people, there was some of them who's maybe I was like, oh, I can't quite remember his name. Oh, I get him confused with him. But Harry literally has lessons with these people. So I'm trying to think back to how my school worked, because I think from you saying that, I think my school seemed like it might be a lot bigger because ours, it was definitely different from, so year seven to year nine which for anyone international is years well we don't need to explain because it's the same as harry potter (laughs) it's harry's year one to three (laughs) yeah true but yeah so year seven to year nine before gcse's we were just with our form group and then after that when you actually picked your gcse's so your yeah what's the equivalent is that owls yep owls then you start to get mixed up same for us yeah but you we still only got mixed up with our half of the year unless you were taking a subject with barely any pupils to my knowledge i think that we were just just like mixed up mixed up yeah. just i think that you were given the priority that like if if you selected history and other people in your form group selected history so i think you were at most like paired with one other form group probably but like i think it was like pretty random they prioritized like form groups first and then kind of filled it in where they could yeah and then for like A levels, it was literally like oh everyone basically everywhere. a free for all. We also got switched houses in sixth form, although I managed to stay in the same one. <laughs> Stratton for life. I honestly can't remember, which is like horrifying. But like the thing is, our form groups were by our like form teacher. So like I was T seven T to T eleven or or whatever because I had Mister Taylor. 
So like um... we were like houses were like different. We had four houses, but then our form groups were by like ah. Uh, my form group was my house, so I was in Stratton Seven, Stratton uh... Eight, Stratton Nine. Yeah, so it's so like six form groups. Six form groups of 30 pupils. Yeah, no, so we had four houses and then each house had like a couple of forms in. The thing is like my school was like really quite big. So like there were people that I like went into like year nine where like I did not know them. And even like I think by the end of like sixth form, bear in mind a lot of people dropped out before sixth form. I probably knew the majority of people by like first name, even even if I didn't really know them but by reputation but definitely like going into kind of like year nine there were people I straight up did not know because like no no he's shared shared herbology with this girl but like this but like what I'm saying is like I when I was like in year 10 did not know everyone but I went to a massive school yeah and Harry's is tiny Hogwarts is around 800 pupils we've worked out harry's year group seems particularly small and he has shared lessons with these people so shut up like shut up harry but yeah to summarize i didn't know everyone but there was 1800 people harry had a lot less you 100 percent would know the names of the people that you shared a class with especially because like of the register the register and also like has she never answered a question has she never put her hand up has professor sprout never talked to her of course she has hannah no susan bones loves professor sprout shut up oh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay are you ready uh-huh lovely now the shot so they're in the pub. Harry doesn't know mm-hmm. people. And Hermione starts speaking to them all. A rude Hufflepuff called Zacharias Smith starts questioning if Voldy is really back and how Cedric died. He sounds a bit like not all men at this point. It's yeah. just how I'm seeing um, Zacharias now. <laughs> There's a kind of discussion about Harry's not going to talk about that. And then they all start talking about the cool defence shit Harry can do. Terry Boot says that the sorting hat told him something Harry did. Harry did or won the portrait in Dumbledore's office why was Terry Boot in Dumbledore's office I'd like more of an explanation into this little tidbit please how much how much shit do you have to get in or how good do you have to be maybe he's the best in the year group he is in Ravenclaw but like Hermione is amazing and she never got to meet with Dumbledore maybe he broke in there like I'm sorry but like sweets is like a very easy password it is yeah maybe he was like I'm so smart I want to see if I can do this we just don't know about Terry Boot yeah there's also it's called out that there's like a lot of shady people in the pub including a witch wearing a veil so loads of them basically start to ask about cedric and harry at this point has been like so happy and then they start to ask about cedric and he's like oh shit like this is why everyone is here literally just to hear about what happened yeah and that's how they all start talking about some of the cool defense stuff harry's done because he's kind of like oh you can all leave if that's what you're here for Mm. and then zachariah starts questioning why he should be their teacher so that's how they get onto the topic of like the cool shit that harry has done so luna and hermione bicker about some stuff i don't even know and then so luna says that fudge has a private (laughs) army of like some kind of weird creature i can't remember what she says yeah and then hermione's like oh no like they don't exist Mm -hmm. and and they just start to argue about it and once again i would just like to say hermione you have no right to say that anything doesn't exist you're literally a witch at a magic school a witch at at a magic school and i just want to know what book she read that was like this is real and this isn't real like it's so annoying because like surely like surely you were muggle born and someone said that there was some magical creature you were just saying oh this is just one i haven't heard of yet you would not have the confidence to say over someone that's pure blood to say this does not exist like what book did she read where it was like this is real and this isn't real like i just don't understand i mean maybe there is Um, a book that says that but i i don't know yeah, maybe. And then Ginny basically interrupts by doing an excellent Umbridge impression, which is like the peak of comedy. Love Ginny. She is comedy queen and no one appreciates her enough. Fred and George are basic at this point. So after them all bickering and discussing things for a bit, they all agree that they do want to learn defence from Harry. And Hermione produces a piece of paper and says that everyone should sign it. And in doing so, they're agreeing not to tell Umbridge what they're doing. And there's this line that's like, there was an odd feeling in the group 
as if they had signed some sort of contract. And I'm like, this is a contract. This is literally <laughs> what a contract is. And like, on one hand, I had kind of forgotten that Hermione tells them that in agreeing to sign, in, a, in signing, they're agreeing to not tell Umbridge. Because I was really worried she just made it as a register. And then the whole sneak thing was actually like, it is actually an illegal contract. It is at least... They know that in signing, they're agreeing not to tell Umbridge, but the contract is still completely illegal. And I know the whole thing is illegal anyway, but bear with me. The contract is still completely illegal because they do not know the consequences of breaking it. Therefore, it is an illegal contract. You cannot sign something not knowing the consequences of breaking it. And like, I know, yeah. like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, the whole sneak thing. Hermione is so cool. As an adult, I'm like, really, really not cool. Really, really not good. Yeah, and it's also like I I understand that they had to go with something that would make it like like physically obvious who, who had it was. broken it. Yeah, but they could have done anything. They could have been like their skin turns green. For like a the day. fact that they made it this kind of like acne thing is just like really bad in terms of J.K. Rowling's writing, and that she was like the punishment is acne. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, how and old was J.K. Rowling when she wrote this? Like, it gets to these parts of the text where you're like, could you genuinely not think critically about this at however old you were when you wrote this? Like, really? And also, we'll get to it when it gets to that bit in the book, but we find out in book six that, well, the end of book five, that it isn't just temporary. It isn't just sneak in acne written across her face for a few days or weeks. It's permanent in book six she's wearing heavy makeup to cover it like Hermione essentially in some ways disfigures this girl I'm like this yeah this is not okay but it just it just annoyed me at this point because it says Hermione gets out nervously so she has already put the charm on this bit of paper knowing that she what she is going to do and it just like makes me really uncomfortable that she thinks she is better and above these people and that she has the right to do this to them. Yeah, and it's like, it's such a disproportionate punishment as well. It's like, to disfigure someone for their entire life, to have sneak written across their face, just like, so fucked up. Especially when it's like, like, maybe, not really, because at the end of the day, like, they're teenagers and people make adolescent mistakes. But, you know, if she had maliciously told on them, but like, it, it complete, completely disregards, like any valid reasons and like you know mariella had a valid reason that she was pressured like through like her family and essentially blackmailed and and wait isn't yeah. it even veris veritas no that's film only it's film only yeah. that it's veritas but, like, that could have even it could have been veritas and it's like to give someone this like lifelong punishment yeah like not only is that i'm sorry to me that qualifies as dark magic surely that is dark magic to do this like a lifelong branding but like it's so dis disproportionate it, and it completely denies any nuance that could make someone dob them in yeah and like i think we'll talk about it more when we get to the bit where it happens but i would have been fine with it if it disappeared within a day or two it's the fact it's like semi-permanent that i find really really disturbing and it's the yeah. fact that it's also the fact i think that she produced the contract with the spell already on it it's not like she got the list of people and she was like i'm really worried someone's gonna tell or it, okay a situation where i would have forgiven it more quote unquote is if she had made everyone sign the paper it was just a register just a list just a verbal contract and then after this educational decree came out the next day she was like i need to bind them to it more i need the security then she adds something to it. I'm not saying it's forgivable. I'm saying that I would have understood her reasoning a bit more. But from the text where she says she's nervous, I feel it's implying the spell is already on the paper. And I'm really uncomfortable with it at that point because like the risk factor where this isn't against the rules means it isn't that high at the moment. I just, I think power mm. gets to Hermione's head a bit with the DA in all honesty and some of this action yeah. in particular makes me really uncomfortable. I agree and I, I, I do think this is a book where Hermione is just being a cunt. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, I know like we're not a fan of that word but like Hermione's being a cunt. Like, <laughs> a lot of it is what we talked about with when we had wizard team on and, and mm. in some ways it's really nice to see teenage growth especially with Hermione and we've talked about this a lot we talked about this all the way back in depth with 
with Melissa in season three that Hermione is meant to have flaws. We're meant to see her as a full-rounded character. It's really annoying when you scrub away all her flaws. But then the point of this podcast is to call out these flaws and to be like, hey, this is one of these shitty moments. You want to put Hermione on a pedestal, yeah. but this is this is this is really shitty. And it says a lot about Hermione as a character as well when she's trying to think of like the ultimate punishment for someone and she's like, acne. Yeah. Ha. Look at you. Yeah, but I would just like to say to Mariella, please try the Ordinary's 10% zinc with a combination of prescription retinol, please. Give it a go. So Hermione accidentally, the meeting is over, they all leave. Well, Hermione accidentally lets slip that Ginny is dating my corner. And then comes a line which, oh, made me super uncomfortable, but I'm trying to remember how what, what language would have been used in 2003. Ron asks... Which one was Michael Corner? And Hermione replies, the dark one. Now It's such a weird line. It's such a weird line. Now, I do not remember if this was an acceptable way to describe someone non-white in 2003. I don't think it was. But, but speaking right now, it isn't acceptable because you're not describing someone's race. You're not describing someone's ethnicity. You're not really describing the way you're there. Look, what you're saying is they're not white. It's very dismissive, yeah. like, oh, they were the non-white one in the group, is what it feels yeah, like to me. Like, yeah, and I think the thing is with this line is that it's like, it's not explicit that this is about race. Like, you could read yeah. the dark one as saying, like, the one with dark hair. And, like, this yeah. is where it becomes really complicated because it, it kind of makes it, like, in some respects, like, hard to, not hard to convict, but, you know, like, but hard to say, oh, like, this is a really shitty way to talk about race because, yes, it is, but, like, you know, the defence could be, oh, but she's not talking about race. Yeah. Which I get, but on the other hand, like, if, like, you, that's not how you'd phrase it. Say if, if all of Michael Corner and his friends have been blonde or ginger and he was the one with like brown hair you would just say the brunette one you would not say the dark one that's such like an unnatural way to speak about it it's so such to me, an unnatural way yeah so to me this is like a hundred percent like a racial thing and like but just I use just, the actual race of the person like there is absolutely just say, no issue with yeah. saying the black person the black guy the yeah. or if he's asian i don't know the south asian guy this is not a this is not an offensive way as far as i know people please feel free to tell me if you do find this an offensive way to describe someone but as far as i have ever been made to be aware about language this is not an offensive way to describe someone because you are literally yeah but yeah, saying but the like, dark one implies I, that it is just they are different from me because i am white and they are darker that's how it reads to me yeah yeah it, it, it's just really weird and i think like i i definitely like you know, growing up as a white person and particularly like a white person that grew up in such an incredibly like white environment. Like there was a hundred percent like a time in my life where like I was uncomfortable with just saying like talking about black people and saying like she is black or like they are black. Like and and I think it's because you get a lot of like different like mixed signals and mixed messages like kind of about what you should and shouldn't say and that it can be really confusing and and until you kind of like take the time as an adult to do that research into like how you can talk about people it like it as a white person like you kind of I at least personally always kind of err on the side of caution and yeah was definitely, definitely like there was definitely a time when I was a, a lot younger where like I was afraid to just say like oh they're black or like the black person because like I wasn't sure whether that was like a bad thing to say about yeah no someone. I, 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 I completely I, agree yeah and like now I'm an adult I know 100% that that is like a totally fine thing to say about someone but like there was definitely a time in my life when I did have to learn that because like I just grew up in such like a sheltered like privileged bubble yeah and i also like language evolves like yes. someone could listen to this in 10 years and something that we're saying is fine actually could now not be fine because like it does evolve but i think that and like who knows like uh, you know maybe people didn't want to be referred to as black in the 90s whenever or early 2000s i can't remember when this was written oh, like maybe three. they did I, I don't i don't think that that is the case off the top of my head but it just like the thing is like we're saying this and we're saying this as in like when i'm referring to when i didn't know how to refer to black people was like when i was a lot younger yeah. and also like that's me talking as like an individual the thing is like 
jk rowling had like an entire like publishing and editing team behind her that can be like don't 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 just refer to someone as dark that's not okay actually you know you can say this or this or this or like what did you actually mean by this because actually you know this is how we we can refer to it especially because earlier in the book they literally describe angelina johnson as a tall black girl with braids i'm like yeah cool you've described her so you can do it so why is sorry why is michael corner the dark one i'm just like what what are you implying? I don't, I can't actually tell yeah. what you're implying I, about this I, character. Exactly. Are you saying I, he's, I would... it's this whole thing about like, you know, when like fortune tellers like tall, dark and handsome. What does, what does dark mean in that phrase? Does anybody <laughs> actually know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I like, this is a thing. And that's why I get confused about this because I'm like, surely with like a team of editors and publishers behind her, like this would have been ironed out. And like, a maybe it's just a time when this written thing but honestly my gut tells me it wasn't but i just i just don't believe that you would be referring to something like hair color because you would just say brunette or black hair or something like that do you know like you know what i mean like so surely it must be like a racial thing i'm trying to think like and maybe maybe this was like an earnest attempt at trying to be like maybe like post-racial maybe she was referring to him as dark because maybe he could have been black or south asian or like anything and maybe she didn't want it to be defined in the text but that's just yeah i don't know when (laughs) when you write a book where like everyone is kind of presented as white like it just felt in all honesty it just felt really clunky and out of place i just read it and was like yeah what have i read that right and I actually don't know. I have a first edition. Maybe it's different in different editions. Maybe I'm about to get messages from people in America like it's actually not written in my book. So if you could all check, please, that would actually be really helpful. Yeah. If you're in if you're in America, could you check in chapter 16 whether it says it refers to Michael Corner as the dark one? Because maybe it's an, something in my edition. I just don't know. But yeah. it's weird. It, it, it was... Yeah, it was the same in the audiobooks that I listened to. Oh, okay. I would also love to hear from, you know, people that aren't two stupid white girls, like, how you feel about... Yeah, maybe um, you're the- like, you two are wrong, and that's fine to refer to someone like that, and I would be fine with that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, I would absolutely, like, love to hear kind of how people interpret this and what you guys think it means, and, and especially, like, maybe there's um anyone that's, like a little bit older that like does remember kind of at the time that this was written and published like what language was being used like i would genuinely be really fascinated to hear that yep, but same. i think just like reading this in the kind of 2021 mindset yeah to us we're like oh yikes but <laughs> oh yeah. joe no <laughs> moving on from that it's really cute that hermione and Ginny's friendship now talks about relationships we love to see it Ginny hasn't told like ron or harry or like any of uh, her brothers about michael corner but Hermione has known since fourth year. To finish off the chapter, the book describes Ron as chuntering, which is just such a great use of the English language. He's yeah, and chuntering. And also, Hermione says that Cho couldn't keep couldn't her, keep her, eyes, her eyes, eyes off Harry. Off Harry. I that will love her. Oh, it's so cute. Teenagers. See, this is a good time to talk about this, I suppose, like on the podcast. We've mentioned it to our patrons. There are going to be more and more episodes that are one chapter episodes. There will still be a lot of two chapter episodes, but we have to take it as we're reading it and as we're recording it, how long it ends up being. So it will be randomized. It will be, we like to keep episodes roughly around the hour mark. I don't know, but that's where it cuts off. So it's just to make the listening experience more cohesive for you so you know that all episodes are going to be roughly an hour and also to like make it easier on us because you know (laughs) we both work um full-time jobs and the editing like a two three hour episode is really difficult and proof listening to it is really difficult and also in terms of keeping the podcast going for longer yes yeah you guys get to listen to it for longer but yeah proof listening and editing the episode with uh wizard team that took me seven hours to edit yeah and Mm -hmm. that's just not sustainable when we both work full-time so um 
just yeah that that's the reason but yeah it keeps the podcast going for longer but we will take it per episode you'll never listen to we'll never just finish a chapter and be like oh we've only recorded for 20 minutes but we're stopping we wouldn't do that to you guys we also have a question we do we have been meaning to answer this question for ages so it is from nicola bodeca there's an umlaut over the o and i'm not sure how that means it's meant to be pronounced so you can correct me on that what three specific things could be spells food beasts or anything else would you bring to the muggle world should we make a new shot whilst we think yeah sorry creme de month just tastes like toothpaste it does it tastes like like mouthwash right spell i'm taking okay spell i mean it can be a mixture i suppose uh apparition oh that's a good one but like accio i'm just so lazy but then maybe i wouldn't want to take that actually because it would encourage bad habits (laughs) um i was on the discord last night and i was so warm in bed so my heating is broken right now and i cannot stress how fucking cold my flat has been so i was like texting the messaging the discord tagging nikita who lives in north london just like can you travel for an hour in the middle of a pandemic on public transport (laughs) to my flat break into my flat and bring me my my bottle of gin that is in the kitchen because i am so warm in bed that i do not want to get up for some selfish reason nikita said no rude Uh, nikita so then I then proceeded to cancel her because that is just outrageously selfish. Um, I then sent a very angry video to the Discord of me getting out of bed, walking the two and a half metres to where my gin was in the kitchen. I'm not kidding. It was two and a half metres. Um, and pouring myself some gin. Um, yeah, I think you'd like Axio. Uh I just want apparition because as I've said before, as humans, we waste so much of our life traveling to places and I'm not down for that. And also like the thing with like apparition, I'm yeah, I'm going to side with you on apparition over Accio because I would use Accio to get things. But if you can apparate, like I could either Accio my gin or I could apparate to the kitchen, grab the gin, apparate back into bed. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit painful. Like it's a little bit painful. And I think you have to stand up to do it. I don't think you can do it from within your covers. I can definitely move my hips in bed. Oh. <laughs> Apparition as well, especially as someone, you know, obviously I'm extremely far from perfect, but where I can, I do try to reduce my carbon footprint. And I think that being able to apparate would obviously help with that. A hundred percent. Honestly, I I kind of feel like all three of mine would be spells because spells are so useful, but I'm trying to think of other things. Food-wise, I don't think there's anything because honestly, their magical food doesn't sound that interesting to me. And it's all described as sweets and I'm not a sweet person. I'm a savoury person. I am a sweet person, but all of their like sweets are just like, I don't want to eat a frog that's actually moving. I don't want to eat like cockroach cluster. I don't want to eat... Bertie bots do you know what like none of it is like oh that's an improvement i i do think all of mine would be spells but i would love to take i would love to have whatever breed crookshanks is in mrs fig's cat so they half nasal yeah i yeah. really like those where they're like even more intelligent cats i think any of mrs weasley's household spells i would also absolutely adore i've also ranted about how much of a time suck like doing the washing up is and how much of a time so generally housework is and how especially frustrating that is as a woman even though like me and neil split it very evenly but it just feels frustrating as a woman but any of those like household spells would be a godsend like an absolute godsend i want more free time as we've said this podcast sucks a lot of time when i have a full-time job any time-saving spells are my deal i would also love a broom i would just enjoy flying the thing is like i say this so i am afraid of medium heights i'm not afraid of heights i'm afraid of medium heights if i can see the ground in any great detail i am then afraid oh so you're not gonna go high ropes with me i can't find anyone to come do high ropes with me like go ape high ropes like go ape like when it's like those obstacle courses in the trees yeah neil won't come you won't come some of my a lot of my friends won't come I haven't, you've never asked me. You so just I said would, you don't it, like medium heights. That doesn't mean I won't go up medium heights. Like the thing is, <laughs> just I'm cry. one of those people, if I'm if I'm afraid of something, it's more incentive to do it. So I've I've not done go eight before. What was it that I did? It was... Um... Oh, also, I suppose the invisibility cloak counts as an object, but I'm really not sure whether I would take that. Like how PGL! Much... She replied, PGL. Oh, PGL, yeah. When you're in school. 
God, she replied fast. Yeah, so we, we, we did PDL, which was like, go ape. You kind of did that kind of thing. Like, I 100% would go and do high ropes with you, 100%, okay, because I'm all about, go. like... Yeah, let's go. After lockdown. Like, if I... If, what? After... Not right now. Can't go now. Illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just go at, like, 10 o'clock on a Saturday. In a uh, national lockdown. Yes. But, like, if I'm scared of something, that just makes me want to do it because I'm a stubborn bitch. If I, if I can see... Like, if I'm up a ladder so, like, I can see the ground in great detail, then I'm scared. If I'm up a mountain or on top of, like, a really tall building, I'm not scared. It's only when, like, the fall seems realistic that I'm scared. Right. No, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm really not sure whether I would like flying. I would like to try it <laughs> before I commit. I was, uh, half of my brain then was thinking, oh, an invisibility cloak. But then I was like, what the hell would I actually realistically use an invisibility cloak for? Do you know what? I'd use it for really random stuff, like sneaking onto the set of like Bridgerton or a cool TV show and just like walking around, and, like watching it. I just like, ugh, there's so much about magic that I just think would like enable really like bad habits of mine. Like, I'm such like an antisocial pers- person that if I could be invisible, I would use that when like I shouldn't use that. And I just think yeah. that like, although I would love it, like I would definitely start to use like being invisible to like get out of like social interaction, which would then just spiral. Yeah. Um, I think, think my main answer is all of the time saving spells and a cross needle cat. Yeah. I'm trying to I'll think probably of like think some... of better answers whilst I'm editing this, and I reserve the right to edit myself in replying to myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I reserve the right to do that as well. I'm trying to think there must be like. Do a you? I have creature. the power of editing, so do you reserve the right? really if you can i can so shut the fuck up or like i will just there is you're like i have the power of editing hannah i can i can do it as well i edit the bonus episodes no you must not open the episodes if anything i have more power because i do the proof listening so i like for all you know i could just edit the final episodes that go up i could just you could send the episodes proof listened to and i could replace the file with just like an hour and 10 minutes of me just like singing the macarena this is um, true and, and i would honestly not know. would i would never know i very rarely listen to our episodes when they're out because i've fucking edited it and i don't want exactly to. <laughs> exactly so you're like you can't edit yourself i'm like i i can edit myself into this and you would never know i'm trying to think there must be at least trying to think through the magical animals there must be one. Oh, i think actually not magical animal but like having an ahimagus that would be a cool one i would love oh, to just yeah. be able to no that would be cool like, yeah like just turn Good into one. a fucking polar bear not very useful in london i swear we've talked about this before <laughs> okay not very useful but what do i love hannah what do i love you love polar bears i, I love giraffes we're no, a match no, made no, in no, heaven no not animal but like general concept i bloody love drama don't really love being involved in drama but i love drama from like the outside so you just like flash into a polar bear scare some people flash back into a human and they'd be like there was a polar bear spot in london yeah exactly exactly they'd be like oh my god this fucking polar bear roaming around wherever it is that we live and i'd be (laughs) like man that's crazy wild could you imagine that there was just like a polar bear just like roaming around residential London? Wild and wild. all the while. It it was me. It was me. And then one day they'd be like, it's really weird. The polar bear seems to have offended a giraffe. And we'd just be like, tee hee. It's us. <laughs> anyway, I hope that was the answer you were looking for. Thank you so much for asking that question. If you would like to ask us a question at the end of an episode, you can become a $10 or above Patreon so thank you so much for listening to this episode guys this was a fun one it was it was also a very heavy one at the start and then quite fun it was yeah heavy and then yeah fun thank you right. guys so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode bye love you all bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Veronica, Sophie, Sandra, Samuel, Rhiannon, Matalib, Matt, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Emily, Chantelle, 
Bernie, Amelia and Alexia. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon, where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.